worship ladies for our last service.
Yes, it's mine. 
At this time, I'm going to ask Sister Marshall to come up here. Hasn't she been wonderful? She is such a sweet lady, a powerful lady, a lady that is filled with wisdom and knowledge. And I am so thankful that she took time out of her busy schedule to come to Refresh Ladies Conference. I cannot wait to hear what she is going to say to us today. The only difference is I don't look so good in a hat. But 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 Sister Heather does. <laughs> I'm telling you. She's amazing. I just felt a friendship and a kindred spirit with with your um, with your pastor's wife and I'm just so thankful for that for Sister Heather. Pastor Anthony and, and 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 firstborn, y'all are amazing. And let me tell you this: these guys here, I mean, they're amazing. You know, they're like, wow. You know, the the percussionists, the keyboardists, the musicians, the singers. You've just sang songs that have lifted up, lifted me up. You know, I'm I'm serious. I just love get, getting away from home and coming here because they own. That's my vacation. People go to Paris. I just want to come here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is incredible. I want us to, to give a big round of applause to Sister Heather, Pastor uh, Maynard, and everyone, and Sister Maynard, for just organizing such a wonderful ladies' conference. Sister Heather, you have down yourself. Refresh. That's what we've come to do, refresh. I want to take something that she said just now. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you've invited someone here, a sister, a friend, a mother, a colleague, um, you can receive it this morning. I feel very strongly God wants to fill a few people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And also, thank you, Sister Maynard. And also, you know, not just fill new people with the Holy Ghost, but if you have not experienced it for a while, you received it, I don't know, five, ten years ago, and you need a refreshing. We all need refreshing, you know, because we leak. <laughs> Sorry, shouldn't have said that, but we do. No, we're filled, and then and then we and then the, the, it, the things, you know, suck that away from us. You know, it sucks our juice, and then and then we're left dry and everything. But early this morning, so if I look really extra tired, it's because because God woke me up. Don't you just hate that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, I'm glad it was God and not the pizza. But um, at first, I thought it's the pizza. No, it's it was it wasn't. It was it was the Lord, and I was like, I don't want talk to you right now it's 4 a.m i want to sleep and he's like wake up and i'm like you know you don't sleep or slumber you don't have a problem i'm human i need my sleep go wake somebody else up i'll give you names <laughs> no i didn't i didn't say all that i just thought it but I dare not. You know, God is so faithful, so good, so loving to me. So he woke me up, and it was 4 a.m. And he gave me a word for you today. I mean, he gave me the, the message he gave me several weeks ago, but he gave me a specific word for you. And if you just remain standing, I want to just proclaim that word over you. And it's from the from the Lord. And I'm sure this is, you know, Sister Maynard, you, Sister Heather, you said that this was being recorded. So, And he said this. He said, tell the women that, my daughters that are going to be gathered this morning. 
He said, I allowed you to walk through coals of fire. You thought it was the enemy. It wasn't. I allowed that to happen and to stretch you. To stretch you. I tested your faith. I allowed adversity to challenge you. Hurdles were thrown at you. But the fire did not burn you. The flood waters did not overwhelm you. I tested your faith, my daughters, and you passed. You held on to the sure knowledge that I am God and I will not fail you. And now because, because you've walked in faith and stood your ground against so many odds, I have brought you to a new place. And I will fill this place with hungry souls, with healing, with joy, with the lost, the broken, and watch in your life how I will move among your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren, among your families, and, your, and I will provide for you. Watch how I will move. Be awed by my plans for you, plans for you to succeed. If you would worship me, focus on me. Don't walk away. Don't quit. Not now. I will fill you with strength, with peace, and whatsoever you have prayed for, I will provide. Be awed by my plans for you. Plans for you to succeed. If you receive that, you can lift up your hands. If you truly receive that, that's from the, I, I believe that's from the Lord. That's what he spoke to me. But can you just lift up your hands and begin to worship God and shout unto God with a voice of expectancy. Father, I believe that that word from, was from you. I believe that you are speaking to us now at the end times. And that you are encouraging us and you're giving us a plan. You are fulfilling your promises to us, oh God. Hallelujah. Can we, just, can we just worship him for a few seconds? Hallelujah. 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 You know, ladies, there have been people at different times in your life that have prophesied over you. They've given you a word. It could be a pastor. It could be other people, leadership, other people, visiting evangelists in your life that has given you a word and you're just waiting for it to come to pass. God said it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass in your lives. Receive that. Receive that. I want to talk to you today. Thank you for standing so long. I want to talk to you very quickly. We're going to go over the scripture. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today about making a choice this, this afternoon. I want you to make a choice this afternoon and choose between contingent happiness or courageous joy. What do you want? To be happy or to be joyful? Now, some, many people think it's the same thing, and it's not. It's not. Happiness or courageous joy. Thank you for that, media. Thank you, sir. Happiness or courageous joy. I want us to turn to 1 Peter 1, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Whom 
having not seen, Peter's talking about God. You have not seen him, but you still love him. That's what he's saying. In whom, though now you see him not, you don't see him now, yet you believe. You believe. You rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. This is going to be your victory. The victory is you are believing in something or someone you've never seen. You've never really seen him. Like you see your friends, your family members. And yet you believe. You rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. John chapter 4, 13 and 14. Thank you, media. Everyone, and Jesus, Jesus answered and said to this woman, the, the Samaritan woman, remember the woman by the well, whosoever drinketh, everyone that drinks of this water, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, that's why, Sister Heather, you were not, you were so on when you said God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The water I will give will become a spring of water gushing up inside that person giving eternal life. We are exhausted. Well, if you're not, I know I am. <laughs> I, I don't like flying very much. And Sister, Man uh, Sister Heather sorry, invited me to come to this wonderful conference. She's like, well, where do you want to fly in or something like that? She asked me, and I said, I'm going to drive. She's like, from where? She thought from Louisiana. And I, of course, we're still based out of Louisiana. That's my home. But my husband traveled full-time. My husband and I, we travel full-time um, helping churches with multicultural ministries. So we're in Ohio right now. So I told her, well, I'll be driving from Ohio. I tell you, I would rather drive than fly. <laughs> it's not fear. It's just it's waiting in the airports and delayed flights. And you wait there for eight hours, and you still don't make it. You know, and uh, no, I like to drive and I like to worship and just talk to myself. All the other drivers thinking, my goodness, that woman is talking to herself. <laughs> you know, and I don't care. Um, but, but because of the long haul driving, and the other day I was in Kansas City, Missouri to Ohio is 14 hours drive. But I enjoyed at least most of it. And after that, I thought, okay, I got to stop and get down or <laughs> lose my mind. But um, it's exhausting, but it's a good kind of exhaustion. But some of us are exhausted, not a good kind. We're exhausted taking care of family needs. And, you know, you, if you're a mother, you don't mind. You're like, no, they're my kids. It's okay. I love this. You know, I'm tired. I'm exhausted, but I love doing this. We're exhausted taking care of family needs, working two jobs, caring for our kids, our spouse. We stretch ourselves to do so much. And the truth is we're too often caught up in a joyless life, trying to get better on our own. Trying to live by just rules. Let me tell you something. Rules are a fence. They protect you and protect what you've got, but they cannot change you. Rules cannot change you. Rules will only ordain how you walk and keep you safe. Rules are important. Laws are important. God's commandments are important. But the only change agent here is the Spirit of God. Only the Holy Ghost can change, not rules. It is not the will of God for us to struggle. Let me tell you, there are some traditions that I just love. Thanksgiving is one of them. I love it. You know, the smells, the colors, the pies, which I cannot eat. You know, and all of the other stuff that I cannot eat. Um, and so, but it's wonderful. It's a wonderful time of, 
of the year where you gather with friends and family and you celebrate and you thank God. Thanksgiving is a great tradition. Christmas is another favorite of mine. It's a lovely tradition. It's beautiful. All of the decorations and everything. Yes, I like it all. But let me tell you, there are some traditions God doesn't want you to get into. Depression is not a tradition. He doesn't want you to have depression twice a year or anxiety four times a year. That's not a tradition that you want to get into. It is not the will of God for you to struggle with depression twice a year. The devil prances through your mind, your office, your home, your classroom, your bedroom. He brings you bills you, you cannot pay, grades you cannot make, people you cannot please, maybe alcohol you cannot resist, a career you can't escape, a past you can't shake, and a future you don't want to face. But the joy offered by God is different than the one promised at the car dealership. What am I talking about today? I'm talking about whether you want to choose just temporary happiness or real ballistic strong joy. I'm going to tell you the difference in a minute. And I know what you will choose. God is not interested in putting a temporary smile on your face. You know the emoji? You know that, that, that you know, people don't talk to me these days on a text. They don't just say, how are you? They just send me a smile. And I'm supposed to decipher that. I'm like, what does that smile mean? You're losing your mind or you're happy or you'd like to be happy. And sometimes they'll send me a heart. And I'm thinking, okay, you're, is that love or you're having a heart attack? I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and I, I'm like, how are you? And they, they reply with a heart. And I'm like. No, the reply is, I am fine. <laughs> it's terrible. I know, I'm old-fashioned. I'm a traditionalist. I like letters and postcards with a real stamp, you know, but then I get emails that are really not directed to me. They're directed to 50 other thousand people. I'm just one of the recipients. Have you, don't you, that, does that upset you, the mass emails? They, they make it look like they really care about you. They don't even know who you are. I'm just, <laughs> you know, hello, friend. I'm like, don't do this. You know, but God is not interested in putting that temporary emoji kind of smile on your face. See, joy, joy, the real, the Jesus joy has got nothing to do with smiles. It's got to do with a made up mind. If you've gone through all kinds of stuff and you still have a made up mind that I'm going to stick to this. I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not going away. I'm not walking away from Jesus. Then you've got joy. You may not be happy, but you've chosen joy. Joy has got nothing. Listen, Jesus went to the cross with joy. No, he wasn't smiling. He was carrying a heavy cross. He was whipped. His back was torn into shreds. He was not, I can guarantee you, he wasn't smiling. But he had a purpose. He had a courage that says, you know what? If I make it till the end, there's going to be billions that will be saved because of this gospel. And I have got a purpose in my life. I am, I'm not smiling right now. I am tired. I'm exhausted. I'm taking care of children, a husband, a career, a job. I'm trying to pay bills I can't make. I'm struggling with anxiety and depression. But I'm not leaving Jesus. And that is joy. That's the definition of joy. That's what Jesus said. If you would follow me and drink of this water, out of your bellies will gush out rivers of living water. Not a, 
an emoji smile. Now, you're not, you're saying what you mean that I could look miserable and still have joy? Nobody wants you to look miserable. You don't want to look miserable because it's a turn off to the people. You want to smile and you want to whatever. But what I'm saying is if you don't like, feel like smiling inside, it's okay. You're going to have a lot of days you're not going to be smiling inside. But if you've got a made up mind that Jesus is God, you're his child, that he will never leave you nor forsake you even till the end of time, then you have joy. Come on, church, say, I have joy. Unspeakable. That means you cannot describe it. It goes against your circumstance. That joy will go against your pain. It, does, it, it, it will expose the fact that it's got nothing to do with your circumstance. Because Jesus wants to give us a deep-seated, heartfelt, honest-to-goodness, ballistic, strong joy that can weather every tsunami in your life. Peter referred to this joy in the opening words of his epistle, 1 Peter. That was the first epistle that he, 1 Peter chapter 8, whom having not seen. 1 Peter chapter 8, whom having not seen, you love. You haven't seen him? Have you seen him? I haven't. I've heard him one time. That was part of my testimony, which I'll share tomorrow morning. I only heard him one time. The other, other times he just speaks in my heart. And sometimes I'm like, is that you or is that me? Is that you or is that me? He says, it's me. You need to just be close to me enough to recognize the difference. Okay. Whom having not seen, you love. And whom though you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy. Peter was speaking. You know who he was speaking to in 1 Peter chapter 8? You know who he was? He was not speaking to Americans who had... I don't know, you could switch on something and then the light comes on. You switch on another button and the coffee pours out into a mug. You switch on another button and the dishwasher just washes the dishes for you. He was not talking to people that live in comfort somewhat in, in this beautiful country, right? We live, we're so blessed. He was talking to persecuted Christians that were in jail for no fault of their own. He was speaking to persecuted Christians who were filled with the Holy Ghost, people who had been driven from their cities separated from their families. He's saying, you people have joy. I mean, if I was sitting in jail somewhere, separated from my family, and Peter came up to me or any apostle came up to me and said, you're full of joy. I'm like, you're, you're crazy. I am in jail. And he said, but that's what I mean. Your joy is not dependent on your circumstance. Your joy is that you're in jail, but do you still believe? Yes, I believe. You're separated from your city and your family. Do you still believe? You've buried babies. You've buried a husband. You've buried a marriage. You've buried dreams. You've buried health. But do you still believe? Yes, I But then you have joy. Is this helping somebody here? Please don't pursue happiness. Really? No, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you. I'm not saying don't at all, but just I'm, I'm telling you to prioritize here. And these people, their possessions had been taken. Their future had been robbed from them. These Christians that were persecuted, but their joy had not been taken. That's why Peter proclaims in his epistle, his very first epistle, he says these people, everything has been, they've been stripped off everything, but they have joy unspeakable, meaning they can't explain why they're joyful. 
They can't even explain why they're still sticking with the program on the bandwagon following God who remains invisible. What's been taken from you, my friends? Has it been your health? You know, I personally have lost some very close friends of mine uh, to the pandemic. I've lost about three or four friends to the pandemic. They already had other situations, and uh, health situations, but, but they died. Uh, and before coming here, I had to take a call. I was telling Sister Heather about it. I had to take a call. There's another friend of mine who's been rushed to the ICU. Uh, and uh, the doctors are giving... This person, my husband is with him right now in, in the hospital. Uh, my husband texted me and said, don't let this bother you. I'm going to the hospital. Well, it's, it's bothering me because it's, it's a family friend and um, a great person, a great man of God, just loves to pray, loves people, loves souls. And the doctors have given him 24 hours. So he cannot breathe right now. He's in the ICU. And you know what? He recorded something two days ago before he could... He, the breathing got bad. He recorded something and sent it to me in a, in a text. And in that text, he said, Hey, Vani, I have this joy. I have this joy. I know I'm leaving behind a family and kids and grandkids, but there's something that is so strong within me that doesn't want to leave me. It's grip over me. It's so strong. I know it's God. I have this joy that no matter what happens, if I live another day or I live another week or another year, nothing is shaking me right now. There is this determination in my heart that come what may, I'm sticking to the program. I'm not going to fall by the wayside. I'm not going to be as chaff blown by the wind. I've got a purpose. I'm staying the course. I'm winning the race. And before me is a crown that I am going to claim. Joy. I know this is not some sort of a general Saturday morning session, but I just want it is. I hope you feel that this is going to help you somewhat. Because I want you to, this weekend at least, to know the difference about what you have and what they Have you buried a dream, my friends? Have, has a house been taken from you? A, a friend, a family member, child, a marriage. Have you buried hope for a happy marriage? Have you buried a friend as you look at these burial plots in your life? All of us have burial plots in our life. Stuff we've buried. Stuff that has died. You know what I need to do? I need to go back to the cemetery where I've buried my joy and buried dreams and hopes. Not where I've buried friends or, or other things. Those things can remain buried. But if I've buried dreams and hope and joy and happiness, i got to go back there and say, God, give me purpose and claim back what I've buried. I've got to take back what I've buried. I've got to take back the dream and hopes that I have buried. If you look at as you look at these burial plots in your life, I believe that some of us, our joy is buried there as well. Because we've equated joy with a, a, a full pocket or a, a healthy pocketbook or, or a great marriage or a house with two, two swimming pools. I don't even know what that is. One warm, one cold. 
I've actually been in a house with two swimming pools. I'm like, why do you have two swimming pools? I mean, they're like, oh, well, we just thought it would be great. <laughs> well, I don't have any swimming pool in my house. I have two dogs, <laughs> which I'd rather have than the two swimming pools. But, you know, and what we substitute, courageous joy, and, and when we do that, when we substitute courageous joy for contingent happiness, we set ourselves for unbearable disappointment. My friends, contingent happiness is dependent upon a circumstance. I already told you that. Contingent happiness says, I'll be happy when, fill in the blanks. You fill in the blanks. I'll be happy when I have a new relationship in my, I'll be happy when I have a new boyfriend, a new husband, or a new wife. I'll be happy when God blesses me with a great job, the kind of job I want rather than the job I'm stuck with. The thing is, God is able to give you all of that. He's able to bless you with a home, a good job, a good relationship, great children, a great life. He's able to. God is not the one that's handicapped, but we're stopping God's hands by pursuing after temporary happiness rather than courageous joy. We block him. We stop him. Contingent happiness says, I'll be happy when I'm healed. I'll be happy when this person doesn't die on me or doesn't leave me or doesn't leave me for someone else. I'll be happy when my marriage is put together. I'll be happy when my children come and worship with me in my church. I'll be happy when God will heal my backslidden drug-addicted son. I'll be happy when my parents get it. I'll be happy when I'm able to bill, pay off all my bills and debts. God, God gets that. God knows that's distracting you. Contingent happiness depends upon the right circumstance. And therefore, happiness. That happiness, the contingent happiness is here. Courageous joy is here. Contingent happiness depends upon the right circumstance, and that means it will long, it will only last as long as those circumstances last. If your happiness is built upon a great marriage and you do have a great marriage, well, thank God, it's a blessing. But let me tell you, if all of your happiness, if that's all you're pursuing, happiness based on a good marriage, and I'm not saying this in a negative way to scare you, but if that marriage ends, that's it, it's over for you. Because the happiness goes out of the window. You see, you've put all your eggs in one basket. The marriage. The kids. Their salvation. Yes, you need to love them. Yes, love your spouse. Yes, love your children. But if you pursue happiness, meaning happiness is when I have all of this, my marriage, my kids, my health, my money, my business, my home, my car, my job, everything is intact. But never mind about this side here, which requires sacrifice. It's not asking you to smile and look silly. It's asking you to have a made-up mind, a determined mindset that no matter what, if everything here goes to pot, I'm still walking here. If everything here goes down the sinkhole, if the kids never come to worship with me, I'm still full of joy. If the husband never loves me, I'm still full of joy. If the husband leaves me, I'm still full of joy. If I lose my job, my business, yes, there will be struggles and suffering. But I'm still full of joy. The new house will get old, you know. Have you ever 
experienced that before. I have. When my husband was worked hard, we worked hard, and we got a new home. It was so beautiful. Have you ever felt that lazy? No. It smells new. You just open the cabinet just to whiff. Oh, my goodness, I've got kitchen cabinets that smell new. It smells of beautiful cedar. You know what I mean? Everything smelled new. The carpet smelled new. And I have two dogs. I don't know how I managed it. It smelled new. Everything smelled new. Everything was wonderful. I invited my friends just to, you know, hey, I've got a nice, yeah, smell the house. We're going to have smell the house party. And they were all came. They were happy for me. I was very happy for me. I was happy for me more than my husband was happy for me. But my husband was happy for me. He was like, you like the house? I love the house. Beautiful. Oh, what wonderful. Basement, attic, yard. Oh, it was so wonderful. And, and then eight months later, I wasn't excited as I was eight months before. Eight months later, it was just like, I wish we didn't have a big house. I had to vacuum all the time. I'm spending four hours vacuuming this whole house. And my husband, you know, he's so wise. He's like, you were happy a few months ago. And I'm like, yeah, so I was. So what? You know, I mean, it's just that now, now all of a sudden the house is bigger than it was eight months ago, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now all of a sudden there's more floor space than it was eight months ago. How come? It's grown on me. And not in a good way. <laughs> Yeah, a new house becomes old, you know. new car becomes old, <laughs> believe me. And by the, time, by the time we reach old age, I know some of you young ladies are thinking, that's going to happen to me. Jesus is going to come back by then. That's what I thought 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago, I thought Jesus is going to come back before I hit 50. He still hasn't come back. I said before him, you know, why are you doing this to me? I mean, I don't want to look in the mirror. And I, want, I, want to, I want you to come back before I look in the mirror and cringe, you know, or scare myself huh, in the morning. You know? <laughs> and before we get old, we have ridden a roller coaster ride of hope, disappointment, hope, hope. That's happened. Good job, no job. Good marriage. Great kids. <laughs> New house, smells great. Vacuuming, cleaning, stuck, anxious, depressed, fearful. If you depend on this, you're going to live in fear because it won't last. It won't. Even the greatest relationships, it just won't. It might last during your life on earth, but then after that, it's gone. Death, anything. I know this sounds sad and horrible for a Saturday morning. It's a reality check. And then we become sour, resentful, and fearful. Contingent happiness turns us into wounded people, you know. It turns us into wounded people because nothing lasts over here. Over here. No matter who you are, where you're at, how many times you make mistakes, he lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts and he doesn't give up. 
Courageous joy turns us into strong, powerful people. Courageous joy sets the hope of the heart on Jesus and Jesus alone. You cannot be separated from Jesus and therefore you cannot be separated from joy. The joy of the Lord, not the happiness is your strength. But so many of us are looking for happiness to be our strength. That joy can never be taken away from you. God said that. The word of God said, death cannot take your joy because Jesus is greater than death. Failure cannot take your joy because Jesus is greater than your sin. Sickness cannot take your joy because God has promised to heal you. No one, he said, no one in John 16, that's what he says, no one will ever take your joy away. But happiness is never and has never been guaranteed. So why are we depending on something that is here today and gone? Why do we set ourselves up like that? I'm going to share my testimony tomorrow, but I'll tell you this. When I was literally thrown out of my parents' house for following Jesus Christ, because I come from a different religion. When I decided to follow Jesus, it was painful. See, I had banked on happiness. My mom, my dad, my family, they make me happy. When I lost all of that, I wasn't happy anymore. Then Jesus said, now I will show you the way of joy. And I, I've never taken. I've never been able to take that for granted. That was real. It is real. Satan has a way of reminding you about your past. You're not good enough to serve God. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not strong enough. You're not tall enough. You're not big enough or powerful enough. But let me tell you, you have a God who is good enough, smart enough, big enough, powerful enough, tall enough, mighty enough. And I'm not saying that your life will be storm-free or the sorrows will never come your way. I'm not saying that. If you follow after joy, sorrows will come. He was crucified. He followed after joy. He followed. He had a purpose to come seek and save. He was killed, murdered, but he never lost focus on the cause. Courageous joy, courageously joyful people have anchored their hearts to the shoreline of God. Will the boat rock? Yeah. Will moods of fleshly desires come and go? No doubt. But they found a joy which remains courageous throughout the storm. Let me tell you something. In the present world that we live in, one of the most vital things that you need to have and you need to do is a Christian need. The, 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 the ability, not the need, the ability to sift between what is right and what is wrong. What is safe what is dangerous and it's called discernment and there is absolutely no way number one there is absolutely no way to go to the path of joy without the baptism of the Holy Ghost you cannot you cannot walk the path of joy without the Holy Ghost you're thinking well I've got the Holy Ghost how come I don't feel joy because you're you're focused on this you're focused on fulfilling circumstantial stuff instead of saying you know what that works that's great I'm just gonna pursue this if that works, then that's a bonus. But let me tell you this. If you would just run after happiness, you will miss out on joy completely. But if you run after joy, happiness will follow you. You won't miss out on happiness. If you follow joy, then happiness will come after. Because God will make sure. You know why? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So don't follow that first. Follow this first and watch that run after you. Watch that come after you. Whatever that God has willed for you. 
Because God wants us to be happy, but not sacrifice joy in the midst of that. I need to bring every thought. Now, how do I discern? I must endeavor to cultivate spiritual discernment and need to bring every thought into captivity and carefully weigh it. If I do not learn to make distinction between God's leading and carnal conclusions, I'll be found accepting suggestions from the enemy. I will rehearse thoughts and ideas that are not of God and become spiritually impotent. And when I am full of the Spirit of God, then truth will begin to eclipse the lies. I will realize that in our weakness, He is strong. I may be forced to realize that my perception of God is something that I have created in my own mind. Some of us have bad perceptions of God. He doesn't love me. He loves everybody else, but he doesn't love me. God must hate me because of some of the things I've done. Last month, last year, last week, yesterday. He must hate me. That's a wrong perception of God. Get your perception of God right first. The Holy Ghost will help you to believe that we are loved and empowered by the one who brought us into the universe. With the mere sound of his voice, nothing is impossible for him. And so this is what we need to do to obtain joy, courageous joy, so that happiness will follow. This is what we need to do. Let's stand. I didn't need to speak long. I just want us to do this. Because I believe that God wants to give. How many here you want that courageous joy? How many here? Just, just, that has to be everybody. Can you leave your hand up, please? Leave your hand up. Don't, don't put it down yet. Thank you. How many here, I mean, you don't have to answer this particular question, but how many here you've invited a friend and whose hand is up? You've invited a friend, you've called somebody, a family member, a sister, a mother, a neighbor, and their hand is up right now. How many here? Someone here? Because I would like you to invite your friend and you to come and receive the baptism, a refreshing of power. I'd like you to come. Bring your friend with you. Remember John chapter 7. Jesus stood up and he shouted. In many of Jesus' teachings, in the, old, in the old times, in the olden times, Sister Heather, you know that in the synagogues, thank you, ma'am, come, come right up in front. Come right, if, if it's your friend, you can stand with your friend. As, as close as possible to the platform, thank you. Well, thank you so much. And yes, you can mask up and come and, I left my mask in the car as well. Actually, it's in my pocket. <laughs> I think my car is in the pocket as well. Um, Jesus stood up and he shouted this. And this is what he said. You know what was odd about this? And ladies, please be patient. Thank you so much for coming. But you know what? You know what was odd about this? Most of the time, a rabbi in, 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 in Jerusalem or in Israel, when they taught, they didn't stand up and shout. They just, they just sat down, and everybody gathered around the rabbi, and they will just talk in a normal, normal volume, normal tone of voice. But this particular line that Jesus said, he got so passionate about it, he didn't talk in a normal volume, or he didn't speak in a low tone. He, 
he got up and it said, and he cried out, he shouted, and this is what he said. If any man thirsts, he didn't say, well, if any man thirsts, he cried out. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water and spake he of the Holy Ghost, which they that believe on him should receive. So today, this morning, this afternoon, before we leave, before we go shopping for those cute little dresses, I want you to swallow from God's reservoir. Because in countless situations in your life, ma'am, in countless situations in your life and my life, I'm going to have to make tough decisions. You know? Buy. Don't buy. Sell. Move. Marry. Not marry. Have another child. No, don't have another child. Please. <laughs> Forgive can't so many decisions we have to make can't it's impossible for us as human beings to make those decisions because we're people you know we struggle we have feelings we have emotions it's impossible to make those decisions without this external power that suddenly comes into your heart like it did mine and suddenly our perceptions change Hey, I can I can let go. I can win. I can overcome. It's hard. And we're exhausted. run an Olympic race every day to make everybody else happy and sometimes we forget about whether we can be happy you know we don't you know self-care at all you know sit in long vats and put candles all over the place and everybody thinking okay she's gone weird you know what I'm saying but but we don't self-care we just want to make sure children are good they're all fed the house is clean the dog's good the car is good the bills are paid and we put on a smile and when all of that that we serve over here, suddenly they're out of the nest, they forget, everything is not the same anymore. It's just, it's broken, relationship is shot, and then we're like, wow, we're left with nothing. So if anybody needs to pursue joy, forget that for a few minutes. That'll follow. They'll see what you're made of. chips are down, they'll call your number. I want to thank all those that came forward to receive the Spirit of God. Thank you, Sister Heather, for putting that seed in the heart of people. If there's more here, please come because God wants to fill us with the Spirit of God. And if you, you know, you can mask up and come, you can stand in a safe distance because I'd like to come with you and pray and I'd like people to pray with you. We're going to make sure it's careful. Is that okay? 
So bring a friend. Bring someone that doesn't have the Holy Ghost. Or if you have not felt the Holy Ghost stirring you for the last six months, two, two months, a year, you come. You come because God wants to fill. And let me tell you, tomorrow morning at Sunday morning, serve Sunday night, there's going to be a bunch more people get the Holy Ghost. I believe. Now, but, but, but there's nobody. Now, wait, 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 wait. Nobody's going to get the Holy Ghost if you don't go invite people, right? I mean, come on. You, there, there could be a big harvest, but if there's no combine, then the harvest is going to die. Okay? So you, we're going to be a combine, right? I'm talking to this person at the hotel right now. She might come. I don't know. She might. You know, we've been, we've been connecting with each other. As long as she doesn't think I'm a nut, she's going to come. You know, I don't have to live. You don't have to live with a dry, dehydrated heart. Receive Christ's work on the cross this morning, this afternoon. And these precious people that have come forward to be refilled in that power, to be filled with that power. They're going to receive power to walk with God because you know why? They're so hungry. They're thirsty for that power. Don't stand back. If you want to come, come on. You can stand in the aisles. You don't have to come in front. Get out of your chair and come so that people will know that you are wanting to receive Christ's work on the cross. The energy of His Spirit. The Lordship over your life. His unending, unfailing, unspeakable love. Drink deeply. Drink deeply. You know when you drink water, you don't tell the water where to go, right? Do you tell the water, hey, water, 50 drops to my hair. Actually, my hair probably needs a thousand. 50 drops to my spleen, a thousand drops to my kidney and liver, and the rest in my blood. You don't tell the water where to go. You just drink. The water knows where to go. The water knows where to go. When you throw water in, uh, on the ground, you know, it goes into every crevasse. It goes into every crack. It knows where to go. You don't have to tell water where to go. All you got to do is drink. And that's what I'm asking you to do right now. Drink. Because everyone who drinks will be filled the water that he will give will become a spring of water gushing up inside of you giving you everlasting life all are welcome let me tell you this before we start praying we're going to pray for the Holy Ghost to come upon us lift up your hands everybody lift it up if, if, it's, if it is your if it is your culture you can lift it up sky high if you want because like a child God I want it thank you ma'am I want it I want it this is amazing. I want it. That's it. That's it. That's it. All are welcome, people. That's what Jesus said. All are welcome. No race is excluded. Do-gooders, saints, scamps, nice people, bad people, sinners, all welcome. You don't have to be rich to drink. You don't have to be religious to drink. You don't have to be successful to drink. You don't have to be educated to drink. You just simply need to follow the instruction on what to drink, how to drink. Let him penetrate your heart this morning deep, deep inside. Internalize him. Ingest him. Welcome, in, welcome him into the inner workings of your life. Let Christ be the water of your soul. Pay attention to the depression. Pay attention to the anxiety. Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. But pay attention and give it to God and say, God, fill me. Fill me because I want courageous joy and not just contingent happiness. I'm not interested in contingent circumstantial happiness, but courageous joy, which is not a smiley face. It is a made up mind to walk after Jesus. 
to go after God. Wherever you are standing today, whether you are up in front or you're at the back, God wants to pour out the Holy Ghost on you. And we're going we're gonna to make sure that our precious visitors here today are, are filled with the Spirit before they go home. So if you have brought a friend, I want you to help pray with them right now. I'm going to pray with you. In the name of Jesus, I want to pray with you. In the name of Jesus, as they worship God, as, as our musicians take and worship God, we are going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost to come upon us. Hallelujah. just got the Holy Ghost. Misi just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on now, Misi.
Kathy just got the Holy Ghost. She just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, ma'am. She believed that Jesus can give it to her, and Jesus just did. That's all she did. She believed it. Missy, you're amazing. If there's other people you're praying through, if there's somebody that needs the Holy Ghost, let me know. Anyone here that you need to, you, you have to hear yourself speak in that language. All righty. Just got the Holy Ghost. She just got the Holy Ghost, y'all. Pray for her. 